Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's two action over on the the campus of LSU football. Uh, excuse me, the, I was saying campus of LSU football because we're waiting on Cody Worsham. Uh, the campus of the Saints on Airline Drive as they get started. Uh, we'll talk a little of that in the second half of the hour uh, if we can. We are going to talk LSU football because they were all over the news today. As we saw for the first time, these new Space Age locker room that they unveiled over at the campus. It's inside the new Football Operations and Performance Nutrition Center. Well, the locker rooms in there are what caught people eye because, well, they're not your traditional lockers. Where you have the locker and a lock on the side of the wall or even something like the Saints when you go in and each player has their individual area, a lot of their clothes, a lot of their electronic devices, keep them entertained when they got some downtime. No, these look like, and I'll just quote Brooks Cabina here because I think they're right. They look more like a first-class section on an airline, on an airplane, than they do your traditional locker room. They've got a pod, each player does, that folds out into a bed. There's a storage space in there. You've got an iPad holder where you can watch film and more. I mean, it's, it's sensational. It's incredible. Now, what should have been kind of a day of celebration for the athletic department was, well, it was scuttled a little bit by a war of words on social media, mainly Twitter. That sounds familiar, right? It happens all the time. Between members of the athletic department, members of the football team, and some inside the academic portion of LSU. We saw quarterback Joe Burrow getting into it with one of the professors in mass communication for LSU in a now-deleted tweet. Joe Burrow clapped back at a professor who said, well, it's great that LSU football is allowed to and is getting all of these upgrades. Where are our upgrades? And then he said that he's having to vacuum his office space with his own vacuum that he bought from Walmart. That's not right. And I've been an advocate for more money flowing into all of these institutions of higher learning because that's what they are. The sports side of it, we all love. That's why I'm in this job. I love athletics. I love sports. I love college sports. I wouldn't be here talking about it if I didn't. But let's be honest. The football programs would not be there in that form if it wasn't for the academic institutions. That he didn't just have Joe Burrow. You had guys like Michael Divinity jumping on. A lot of former players jumping on the bandwagon, basically saying, uh, get out of here. You don't know what you're talking about, and we deserve to keep all of the fruits of our labor. And that's a touch subject for football players, especially college football players who aren't really compensated in a traditional way and are fighting for more compensation right now. But that misses the fact in my mind that this is an organization that is supposed to coexist together. Coexist is even the right word. They're part of the same institution. This would be like... I don't know, the Department of Education running a deficit and another area of the government being able to use funds to cover that, but they're not doing it because there's some kind of infighting. I know that happens, but it seems silly. Maybe a more poignant example would be, well, a corporation. 
if the front end or the, the, you know, the customer service side, the storefront side is running a little bit of a deficit in a quarter, in a year, in a couple of years, but I don't know, the back end online sales side is blowing it up and making record, record profits, you're really not going to share that revenue in, in ways that would make it seem a little more equitable. Now, here's, and I said this to the, the, towards the end of last hour, it needs to be pointed out, it needs to be pointed out multiple times, people did this today, that the LSU Athletic Department is running such a huge surplus every year, huge profits every year, that they're giving back to the university. They're making their own, quote-unquote, donations to the academic side every single year. There's not a lot, relatively, of programs across the country, of athletic departments across the country, that do that. I want to say a couple of years. Years ago, out of uh, 140 or so public institutions that were surveyed by USA Today, there were only 15 in the country that actually ran a profit and weren't dragging down their academic side. Just for example, my alma mater, Washington State University, it's in dire straits right now. When they're running a budget deficit of about 12 to $15 million a year, that was a couple of years ago, but that's the last one I saw. But when you have LSU football players, and this is where it really drives me absolutely bananas. Trying to, I guess, make an example of a professor who can't get anybody to vacuum his office space and saying, well, why do you want to come get our money? That's just silly. It is just silly. And here I got a text, and I'm getting a lot of these comments today as we went through this, about the, the buildings over at LSU. Here's one from the 504. Have you ever seen or been inside the Middleton Library? I have once. Goes on to say, it has been heavily influenced by the style of the 50s and 60s. Don't look down. The carpet is stained with who knows what. Yeah, that is a decrepit building. And that's the building that most people pointed to in this kind of back and forth that went on today. Well, there's an imbalance here. And maybe it's an, an imbalance that there's no easy fix for because a lot of these funds specifically for these new locker rooms, they came from Taft. They came from boosters who said, I'm going to write you a big check, and I want you to use this to go improve these athletic facilities to win this arms race in the SEC and across the country. And if you have a booster that wants to spend his hard-earned money doing something and wants it to go a certain way, then frankly, I'm not going to have a problem with that. And that's not the problem of the LSU football team or the athletic department. But maybe our priorities are way out of whack. Way out of whack. Because if professors on the campus of LSU can't get somebody to vacuum their office, if the main public library on the campus of LSU is falling apart, but yet you're making upgrades tens of millions of dollars each year on your Sports facilities, something's not right. I don't have an easy fix for it. If I did, I'd be getting paid a lot more probably to work for LSU and figure it out. I've talked to some very smart people who've worked on this issue, and they don't have, they don't have answers either. I think the responses that I've seen today that I like the most are kind of with me, saying that, well, there's not any intrinsic problem with, again, a guy or gal writing a big check and wants to improve the locker rooms. And 
doesn't want to write that big check to improve Middleton or some of the other buildings on LSU. There's no intrinsic problem with that. Again, spend your money like it is. What's happening today, though, and what I like is, well, the backlash is good in my mind because it's raising awareness around an issue that isn't just here at LSU, but is at almost all of these universities, especially the public universities across the country who are, are just basically, I don't know, swimming in cash in their athletic departments but can't find the money to keep up with their academic buildings and institutions. So this is raising awareness on that, and maybe what's going to happen is, well, some people are going to start donating actually to the university itself. There's always these doom and gloom scenarios that you get from politicians and and the, the officials at LSU from the academic side that say, oh man, if things continue like they are, we're going to have to cut classes, we're going to have to cut staff, tuition's going to go way up. Well, some of that's right. I always get to uh, hear people say, well, that's never happened. They never had to cancel the program. They never had to close the school. Well, no, but you know what has happened is they've raised tuition even to in-state students so absurdly high that it's prohibitive for middle class and especially lower middle class to lower class families to send their kids there. I understand there's programs where if you're really struggling financially and you have the grades to back it up, they'll get you in. There's scholarships. There's other programs. Ta uh, TOPS. But TOPS is funded by us, the taxpayers. So when you see a 100, 200% increase in tuition over the last decade, and you're saying, well, it doesn't matter because if a kid doesn't have money to do it, tops, scholarships, he'll get in. Well, tops and a lot of the, some of the scholarships are publicly funded by taxpayers. So we're having to pay for that. LSU is not going to fix this issue across the country by themselves. And I think that Joe Burrow made himself, in my mind, from an unbiased perspective here, look a little bit foolish and look a little bit out of touch. He looked like, and I, look, I'm not trying to take a shot at Joe Burrow because there are other players doing the same thing, but he's the leader of this team. This is why he deleted that tweet. I guarantee you Coach O and some inside that athletic department, maybe Scott Woodward got a hold of him and said, you, you got to delete this. This is nonsense. You can't have this stuff up because he seemed like one of those out-of-touch elitist athletes that's not in touch with the everyday needs of the normal students or the faculty and the staff at LSU, kind of the haves and have-nots. And I don't like it. I don't like it at all, and it's a problem that we as a society needs to fix. So we had this awesome stuff today, and I don't know if we're going to – I don't think we are going to have Cody Warsham. He didn't answer, unfortunately. But we had this, this great day where they rolled out these facilities. I saw him earlier. I'm going, man, this is so awesome. And immediately the backlash started to happen, but maybe the backlash not only was warranted, maybe it needed to happen to point out the absurdity of our excesses in sports. And I say us because, again, I'm speaking inside the fraternity here. We're all sports fans. We like to talk and watch and listen and donate and talk about it all the time. There's a reason why we go to these LSU football games. There's a reason why we go to your favorite university and you want to donate money and you want to see these facilities get larger, more grandiose, so your, your football team, the one that you root for, how you get your, your entertainment fix on this, they continue to be funded in a way that will allow them to be competitive nationally and certainly in the SEC. I get all that. 
But maybe it's time to self-reflect a little bit. Uh, maybe, and I don't think maybe, I think it is time. Uh, here's a text from the uh, 504. Tulane just spent a lot of money upgrading the quad and is constructing a new building for the student. That's money well spent. And it is, it, it's a little bit different in my mind when you talk about private universities from public universities. It's unfair to compare Tulane to LSU. It just is because of the private funding that's involved. Here's another text from, let's see here, from the 985. There have been more graduates in other fields than football. Tuitions are higher than ever before. Why don't some of the other graduates pony up? Oh, I forgot. Let's build a lazy river instead of upgrading our library. I agree. Lazy rivers are, again, the biggest example of the excess over there. And I, I'm not trying, I'm talking about LSU because it's the premier state institution in our state. It is not just an LSU problem, not even close. And in fact, LSU's in a much, much, much better position than state universities across the country who are fielding athletic departments and programs that are running a massive deficit. It's a conversation that needs to be had, but it's a conversation that needs to be had not just by you and me, who are a little, you know, we're niche a little bit talking sports. It needs to be had by the general public about this. We're going to take a break. Phone lines are lighting up. We'll get to all your calls when we come back on this. 504-260-1870. That's area code 504-260-1870. Text lines 870-870. I'm Seth Dunlap. The last lap continues on WWL. Big time bucks upgrading their act athletic facilities and the latest one was these awesome new locker rooms that they unveiled i mean they are objectively just awesome and they look space age they're pods sleeping quarters storage spaces ipad holders i mean it's just awesome i think it's cool and they, like i said i don't have any problem with somebody donating their own money and wanting to upgrade the facilities that's what happened here with donations earmarked for this coming into taft that's what it sounds like anyways but there's an imbalance between that and the the rotting and eroding buildings and facilities on the academic side. We're talking about that. Here's the text from the 985. Seth, you briefly touched on the crux of the issue. However, it's the third rail of intercollegiate athletics that no one wants to discuss. That being the fact that football and men's basketball programs at many universities are no longer, quote, extracurricular and, quote, activities. They're separate operations that simply wear the school's colors and moniker. Their rosters are filled with individuals who have little interest in the higher education being provided and feel exploited by the university. Like, I agree with that. And you can say nobody wants to talk about it. I want to talk about it. I've talked about that a lot. I think it's a major issue. I think when, and especially at LSU, if you give somebody a four-year scholarship, and a lot of these players aren't playing four years, if you give somebody a four-year scholarship, I mean, that's, when you count room and board, you're talking about $100,000, give or take a little bit. That's not nothing. Maybe that's not what they should be making, but that's not nothing. And then when people are going there, and I'm not, again, I'm not trying to paint a broad brush here. When athletes go there, they don't spend the time and effort to get an education that they're being provided and then come back and say, well, I'm compensated. Nothing. I think it, it just falls flat to me. I think it's absurd. Diving a little deep there, though. Let's go to CJ and Metairie. What do you uh, say on this, CJ? Hey, Seth, great show, um, and, and I can't tell you how much I enjoy your, your passion about this. Um, Thanks. And um, many of the textures as well. But uh, as uh, just so you know where I'm coming from, and, and it may shock some folks that I'm on this side, but as a single parent who is now at his fifth child uh, at LSU, 
um, and only two of the five have qualified for tops. Um, I've seen the tuition triple from child one to number five, and yet I guarantee you uh, there's a reason why I've had no problem with them going to LSU. I've I've worked two jobs uh, and worked my butt off to make sure that their bills are paid for college, and it is the true college experience. Um, I wasn't fortunate enough to go to such a high-ranked college. Uh, Mine was Southeastern, which was great, but it's nowhere near LSU's level. Um, I feel as if my tuition for the five kids uh, up to this point has paid for a a chunk with all the other thousands of parents who have uh, seen the new engineering buildings come in, which were needed. uh, um, There's probably two-thirds of the campus has been renovated since my first child started there. Um, Mm -hmm. The amount of dorms has been upgraded the new dorms that have been created apartments yeah. only 10 it. seconds left All cj that's been generated by tuition yeah and it, and it has and here's the thing it's the increase in tuition that drives me nuts with this and it's again it's not just an lsu problem this is across the country but the imbalance between athletic funding and academic funding is a societal problem that we got to figure out because this has been coming to a head across the country. And I don't really want to talk about all of the, the back and forth too much with Cody Warsham, who's going to join us. I just want to talk about the, the incredible upgrades to the facilities, because they are incredible. And no matter what side of this you're falling on, you look at the videos and the pictures that they posted and the description of the new locker rooms. I'm calling them space age. I mean, it's incredible. I want to talk about winning the arms race. LSU football seems to be doing that. And here comes Cody Warsham, digital media reporter at LSUsports.net. He's on Twitter at Cody Warsham. Cody, my goodness, a heck of a day for you out there how's it going it's good Seth. good to be on with you yeah so uh, space age is how i'm describing them i know brooks cabina said you know first class on an airline i've never seen anything like this man this is incredible can you kind of explain to our audience what's in uh, specifically these new locker rooms yeah you know i kind of likened it to the uh the old myth about when the native americans first saw uh sailboats on the horizon when columbus and his crew were coming over in 1492 and you know, the old myth is that they couldn't comprehend what they were seeing. That was kind of my reaction the first time I saw it. Um, they said, hey, let's go check out the new locker room. And I walk in, and I'm like, this this isn't a locker room. This is, and to me, it looked like a spaceship out of you know, some Disney movie from the from the 90s. Um, it, it was it was something else, man. It's it's uh, it's high tech. It's, um, it, it's, it's really player beneficial. You know, it's all about the players. And, and I think what it offers them, the, the, the locker room itself and, and the facility as a whole, um, it's a place where they can go and they can stay there all day and they can get everything done they need to do. They can eat, they can rest, they can get cleaned up, they can relax, they can study film. Uh, everything that they need to do uh, during fall camp especially um, is right there at their fingertips. And, and it was just a really, you know, it's a flashy building, but it's also a really functional building. Um, every Everything there is, is there for a purpose. There's nothing really there um, that's pure bells and whistles. There, there's a purpose behind everything and um, and every purpose really is to benefit the student athletes. Well, what have been the reaction of the athletes to this when they walk in and they, well, they have a bed and they got a storage space. They have these iPad holders. I mean, it's like a mini dorm. What was their reaction to see this? Yeah, they were ecstatic. I mean, you know, I think the thing that, that probably got missed today um, was how grateful the, the players were. You know, they, they were excited and everything. Um, but, but Coach O really set the tone last night when he sat down and talked with the team beforehand. Um, he told them, look, you know, you wouldn't have any of this if it wasn't for the guys that wore purple and gold before you that, that, that set the tone, that set the standard. You wouldn't have it for, if not for the donors that, that gave freely um, and gave generously. You wouldn't have it for 
uh, if not for the administration, the support staff. It, it really is kind of the culmination of, of everyone in the LSU athletic department and, and, and alumni coming together. And, and I think, you know, one thing that I, I said this on Twitter earlier, something unrelated, but sort of related, um, this team has as much gratitude and respect for um, just kind of the, the people around the program as any team I've seen recently. And uh, it's really cool to see that they've got a great attitude and, they were very, very uh, appreciative and excited. If you're an LSU football fan, and even if you're not, I mean this, you've got to go to at LSU football or LSU football, uh, excuse me, LSU sports.net and check out the videos and pictures of these facilities. I mean, they, it's something else to behold. I don't want to dwell on this, and I want to get to the football uh, camp that's coming up in football season, Cody, but I am curious. Um, what was kind of the reaction inside the athletic department, maybe some of the players, uh, when they, they saw the backlash to this, a lot from the academic side? And, and look, I'll be frank, a lot of the the, the citizens across the state uh, kind of reacted um, a little uh, negatively. And I mean, a little, a lot negatively to this. What was the reaction inside the athletic department? I would imagine you, we weren't very prepared for that. Yeah, you know, I, I can't speak for anyone else in the athletic department. I, I know for me, um, I wasn't totally surprised. Um, I, I do think that, you know, I went to LSU. I've been in Middleton, um, which was one of the examples brought up today. I do think it's a facility that could certainly use an infusion of, of uh, investment and, 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 you know, to be rebuilt. I don't think anyone in the athletic department, and again, I can't speak for, for myself, so I'll just say for me, I, I certainly don't begrudge that at all. I think, you know, it's one of those situations you have to have some nuance. You have to um, realize that things can be two things, um, that the athletic department can – can raise money from from uh, boosters and, and, and donors um, that's completely tax free and, and all freely donated to, to renovate their facility for a program that generates a lot of revenue that creates a lot of jobs that obviously um, supports a lot of people myself included um, it, it can that can be the case and be true and also be true that look there's some other parts of the campus um, that need some tender love and care and, and what I appreciate from you know some of the people that have pointed that out is I, I think it's great I think it's great to um, to, to latch onto something that you care about, that you're passionate about, uh, and it, that being LSU and making sure that every facility um, is the best in, in the country. I, I, you know, I go back to what Scott Woodward said when he was hired. Uh, he said the most important thing is that we're all rowing in the right direction. We're all pulling in the same direction. I, I don't think that's just the athletic department. I think that's the entire university. And, and uh, you know, I, I certainly would love to see um, every effort made to, to try to make LSU's campus from, you know, every every inch of it uh, as, as, as good and as, as quality as possible. So I understand people's frustration, um, certainly. You know, I've, like I said, I've studied in Middleton many times. I hope they can uh, find a solution to that. But I think at the same time, you know, to, to try to scapegoat anybody, to try to paint football as, as um, you know, being um, exclusive and keeping that money for themselves, it's, it's two separate issues. And, uh, and hopefully football can do well and take advantage of that facility and draw more interest to LSU and, and it'll lead to some some more money for for the rest of the campus to benefit from. Yeah, it's a amen to all that. Well said, Cody. At Cody Worsham, uh, joining us, digital media reporter at LSUSports.net. Uh, so football camp, um, less than two weeks away, Cody. I have people like Mike Dettelier telling me that he believes this is the most talented LSU team he's seen since 2011. He believes they're going to be a national title contender. Scott Alexander saying the same thing. Coming out of the woodwork, people who I don't think they're, they wear purple and gold colored glasses they tell us the truth that they didn't believe that uh, is what they're saying is this true cody could this be a a very special season maybe a championship season for lsu i think a lot of the pieces are there i think you've got uh, a lot of talent coming back on offense you've got a veteran quarterback with a good head on his shoulders experience in the offensive line talented receivers talented running backs 
I think defensively, Dave Aranda has as many versatile pieces as he's ever had since he's been at LSU. So uh, I think the coaching staff is really strong. They've, they've upgraded in some spots and, and brought in a guy like Joe Brady who can change the offense. So I think all the pieces are there, but Seth, you know as well as I do, that the football is, uh, is, is as wacky and as wild as any sport, and all those things have to come together. And so you know, right now it's too early for me to tell. I think it's too early for anyone to tell, but I think there's certainly – uh, as much as any year, probably since 2011, you could say, was it 2016, there was a lot of hype when they went up to Lambeau. Um, but you can see the path, the path for, to, for LSU to, to get to the places it wants to go, to get to a playoff, uh, to contend for an SEC title. It's as clear as it's been. Um, they, they've got to take care of business. They've got to execute the offense that's to come into place. And, you know, you still got to replace Devin White and Greedy Williams on defense. And, and there's still some questions to answer. Um, but I think there's less questions to answer than there's been in years past. And I think there's a good core of leadership and um, a lot of things to be excited about. So, I, yeah, I, I have high hopes for this team. I think this team has even higher hopes for itself than, than anybody else on the outside. Hopefully they can live up to it. Well, you mentioned the leader and the guy with the, the quarterback with a good head on his shoulders. That's Joe Burrow. What's he like to be around, Cody? I mean, he's pretty similar to the perception he gives off. I, you know, I won't pretend to be. Uh, an insider that's in the building every day. I cover every sport, so I'm kind of all over campus. But when I'm over there, he's um, he, he's very focused. He's as focused a football player as, as I've been around. Um, you know, there, there's some things that remind me of, of Zach Mettenberger, not personality-wise, but kind of situation-wise. Transferred in, um, he, you know, he, he uh, is in grad school, so he's kind of got that easier, lighter uh, coursework, so he can kind of be in the building a lot. I think. I think Joe said all his classes are online, so literally he doesn't have to step foot in a classroom. Um, he can knock out his online courses and get his tutoring in the academic center and then spend the rest of his time at football. Um, so there's some similarities there in that he's really, really um, dedicating his game. But I'll, I'll share this anecdote. You know, I was following a bunch of the players around last night as they were t- checking out football ops. And, and, of course, the first place I see Joe Burrow, he's in the quarterback room. Um, he's in there with Stevens Winger, and they're trying to figure out how to turn on the film projector on on the little screen to start watching film as everyone else is touring touring the facility and taking it all in. And so I kind of walked in. I said, guys, you, know, you don't have to watch film right now. And he's like, oh, I just want to see how it works, see if uh, you know I'm going to be in here a lot. So I kind of want to master the, the environment. And I, I had a good laugh at that. I mean, he's <laughs> he's a football guy. And, and, and I think the thing that stands out about him this year is he's really embraced kind of the leadership role. He's much more involved with the team. Um, last year I think he was naturally kind of – Still feeling his way around, getting people in that grain. He, he, he's got friends on the team. Um, he, he, he's got their respect, and I think that's really important too. Yeah, you mentioned that maybe, I guess you alluded to this, feels like his team finally. Never felt like that to me, Cody, from the outside looking in last year, like it was his team, his offense. Kind of feels like Joe Burrow's team now, and maybe that coronation happened at SEC Media Days. Yeah, I think there were moments last year where he kind of um, took the team by, by, by the horns. You know, I, I think back to the Auburn game where it's, I think, fourth and seven, and nobody really knows Joe at that point. I mean, the team is kind of getting to know him, but he's still kind of a, a mysterious figure. And he walks into the huddle on fourth and seven at Auburn, game on the line, uh, and he just kind of, you know, jokes out the side of his mouth, what's going on, guys? We having fun? And, and it kind of everyone in the, the huddle was stunned because here this guy that doesn't say anything uh, to anyone ever, he comes in and he makes a joke in, in the most critical moment. So I think there were moments like that last year where you saw that character come through. But I think where it really clicked for me, you know, publicly maybe it was SEC media days um, during spring ball this year. That there was uh, it may have been the first practice. Um, they're they're breaking down after after they stretch like they do before every practice. And Joe rips his helmet off and he starts saying something. I think he starts talking trash to Michael the Divinity. 
And uh, I think there's a video on LSU football Twitter from, from spring. Um, and everyone just kind of looked at him like, who is this guy? Like, who's this guy coming out of his shell? And I think that was kind of when everyone started to say, all right, he's, he's here. Um, he, he's, he's all in. He's, he's fully comfortable now. And, and that's really important. Uh, very important. And can't wait to watch him on game days this fall. Cody Worsham, digital media reporter at LSUsports.net. Be sure you follow him at Cody Worsham and look, follow the Tigers there, LSUsports.net. Cody, always appreciate the time, man. We'll talk more during the season. Yeah, anytime. Thanks for having me. All right. There he goes. Uh, let's get a phone call in here because Joe in Mandeville has been holding on a while. Joe, what's going on? Yeah, real quick. Let me come to the, to the athletic department here. This professor's a joke. Okay, if you know anything about how they get paid, it's publications, research, and grant writing. And guess what? After their first contract, they get tenure. You can't get rid of these guys. And guess what, Seth? They don't teach. They get their GA, their graduate assistant, to go in that classroom and teach all their students. These professors are a joke, and if he's vacuuming his own office, he deserved it. I don't, I don't, don't Joe, you're you're telling me, hold on here, Joe, because you know that this guy never teaches in the classroom? This mass communication professor? You know this guy? I don't know the professor, but let me tell you this. I paid tuition for my son for five years at LSU, and I asked every semester, who's teaching? Is it the professor or the GA? And 80% of the time, sure. it was somebody from overseas. Not that I'm saying there's anything wrong with that. And he was having trouble understanding the accent, and there was nobody teaching but the GA. Well, I think that's, I think that, I mean, Joe, I'll just be honest with you here. I think that's a, Joe, that's a straw man. We don't know if Robert Mann, who is the mass communication professor, is teaching or not. And also, he wasn't talking about, he wasn't talking about his salary, Joe. He was saying, I, I can't get anybody to come clean my carpets. He's having to buy his own vacuum and come in there and vacuum it himself. I mean, that, that seems like stuff that's beyond the pale, regardless of how much or little you think these, these professors should be paid. One more thing. Think about this. That coach has a hiccup in any kind of losing, he is out of there. He gets no tenure. Mm -hmm. He gets his job, and he gets paid by results. And that's the same thing for the players. Same thing for the trainers. Same thing for everybody in that athletic department. They earn everything that they make there. These professors don't do that. I See, I disagree. Joe, Joe, that's just way way too far for me. Way too far. Number one, coaches in major college football, like at LSU, are making millions of dollars a year. You don't need tenure with that. Professors are not. I'm not saying the tenure system is necessarily something, at least in its current form, that I am a proponent for. I don't, uh, frankly, agree with that. But you're comparing apples to oranges here. I mean, you are. I think you made a couple of good points, and I also think... Maybe it was a bad example by this professor, Robert Mann, this specific example, to equate an upgrade to a locker room to not being able to have somebody come and, you know, clean his office, clean his carpets. I get that. But I I like that at least awareness was raised today. That's my view on it. I appreciate the call, Joe. By the way, Joe in Mandeville, a very rare call here defending the LSU athletic Department and programs. I like that, Joe. Switching it up. 504-260-1870. That's the phone number. Text line is 87870. Um, an LSU defender named to the Jim Thorpe Award preseason watch list and then four linebackers to the Butkus list. We'll get to that and, if we have time, sports libs here on the last lap.
Dick, uh, the Dick Buckus Award watch list, which goes to the best linebacker in the country. Well, four different LSU Tigers made that watch list. Caleb on chase on Michael divinity, Jacob Phillips and Patrick queen, the four tigers LSU had the most names on the list. Next was Alabama, which had three players. So LSU for the 51 players on that list. So these lists are very large. I think this year would be a surprise if any LSU linebacker won that award. Now the Thorpe award watch list. I think a tiger has a pretty good chance to win this one. And that's Grant Delpit, who was the lone LSU defensive back named to this list. And wouldn't wear the number seven jersey this season. And one of 46 players named to the Jim Thorpe Award watch list. Again, given annually to the nation's top defensive back. He's going to be one of the nation's top defensive backs. If everything goes well, he's going to be a high first round pick. He's that kind of talented. He's that good. I would not be surprised at all if Grant Delpit is um, awarded that trophy at season's end. Our Blue Runner Gumbo opinion poll, a little different topic, but we've been following this throughout the show. Who's the Saints' biggest challenger in the NFC? we got a list of teams. You can cast your vote, wwl.com, radio.com app. We will update that vote uh, finally during our last segment coming up in just a, a few minutes. But right now, let's get to some sports libs. We do this every single night. Kind of like Mad Libs, we have a handful of sports topics, some sentences, a blanks in there, and we invite you to play along with us. Text us your responses, how you fill in these blanks. If you missed any of the show, any of those guests, you can check the podcast, www.com, on-demand section. Just find the last lap page. You can get it on the radio.com app or Apple Podcasts. Pretty easy to grab there also. Our Blue Runner Gumbo opinion poll tonight has... Been taking a look at the NFC and the Saints. Who's the biggest Saints challenger in the NFC? Thanks to everybody who voted on that poll. And the final result, a runaway for the Rams. 50% of you saying the Rams, 21% Falcons, 19% other. I bet a lot of those other, at least according to this audience, were the Chicago Bears. 8% for the Eagles, 2% for the Vikings. Tomorrow we'll be back, 8 to 11 p.m. We will preview Saints training camp and also the Saints season. And we will unveil our first... NFL Power Rankings pre-training camp style. Be sure you are in that audience. Might even get the eSports star from Slidell to come on down if he's in. Apparently there's an eSports star that won a world championship in Slidell. I was alerted to that today by one of our listeners. Love to have him on. Uh, be sure you follow me on Twitter at Seth Dunlap. Follow us on Twitter at WWLAMFM. British Open complete yesterday, and it was kind of a runaway in the end. For Shane Lowry, the Irishman, uh, winning... Um, and a northern uh, North Irish, I guess I said, North Irish course, uh, 15 under. He wins by six strokes, defeating Tommy Fleetwood, who was second. Uh, Brooks Kepka nine strokes back in fourth place. So this was a runaway. We're going to hand it off to Beyond Reality Radio, but as always, I leave you with our moment of zen. Yeah, it's the open, and it's our champ, Shane Lowry, courtesy of Westwood One on his title. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law.